Oh my god. <laughs> Hi. Got this it. is Wendy Steinberg, Hi. your caffeinated college coach. And today we have such a special guest. I'm so excited. This is one of my dear friends from the University of Northern Colorado. We were on student representative council together. We were RAs together and we wrecked, we just, you know, did a lot of havoc together. We created our own language. And <laughs> were you part of the club Heartless? Were you part of that? No. And no. No? no. Okay, so that's no. a different story. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is Keith Jesba, and I'm so grateful. Is, did I say your name right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, thanks. Okay. Jesba, yeah. Because I saw your face and I'm like, oh my God, I messed up my friend's name. No, no. Um, <laughs> and he has been in Japan for the last 23 years. And yes. teaching, you're teaching English, right? Yes, high school, yeah, no. High yeah. school, so mm-hmm. yes. So I'm going to turn it over to him. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally? How'd you end okay. up at UNC? All right, so I am um, from Massachusetts, small town in Western Mass. Um, kind of near Springfield, but I don't really like to own that one. But um, okay. yeah, outside of Springfield, but Western Mass, more yeah, in the hills. And um, I went to UNC. I'll, go, I'll skip to the question part. I get really weird when I know I'm being recorded. We were so relaxed before we started recording. Um, I know. Isn't that weird? So anyway, uh, so UNC. So I went to UNC. It was a few schools later. So I, I said to you earlier that I was a professional transfer student. And um, so prior to UNC, oh, let's backtrack now. Um, How did I get there? So I think I was at University of Delaware first. So what happened was I was at University of Delaware. Did you know that? No. You didn't? All right. I didn't know if you knew that. I thought so there yeah, was, was only at... one school before us at UNC. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. So uh, oh. Delaware. Yeah, Delaware. I was there. And um, you know the hazing case, right? Remember the hazing thing? Yes, I do. That was at but Delaware. Was so anyway. There? Yeah, that was there. Yeah. So... I, um, I guess I came forward as a witness um, against the fraternity and um, I went through the whole, first of all, they tried to keep me anonymous, which was um, hard because I had a lot of friends, like my big brother and all, all the guys who were in the fraternity were kind of, everyone was trying to figure out who's, who's talking to the, the, you know, the authorities or who's talking to these people and they were trying to figure it out and people were thinking, well, maybe, maybe it's Keith and people who were in my camp were defending me. And they're like, no, it's gotta be so-and-so's girlfriend and this other person, people who knew what was going on. And um, I just couldn't be anonymous anyway. I felt bad being like a double agent. So I um, ended up telling my closest friends, thinking that they would understand that this, yeah. what happened, what happened was, was disgusting and awful, which I won't talk about, but it was awful. And Did anybody how... die? No one died, but okay, I mean, good. someone, I mean, eventually could have. So I, I, I just couldn't believe that people pay money, yeah, a lot of money to be a part of, you know, like, like, oh, these are my brothers and they're doing these things to our brothers, our, you know, yeah. potential brothers. I just thought it was so crazy to me. Um, so I went, actually, I went to a, there was a lawyer at the university who had done a hazing, like, um, program for all of the fraternities on campus. And I remember she Basically, it's to a huge audience of all the Greek community. She was telling us how, like, uh, we know that hazing goes on and we know that it's so important for you to be a part of these uh, fraternities and sororities that none of you have. Basically, she's saying none of you have the guts to, like, to 
is you see something happening to say that it's wrong and that and to stop it. I remember sitting in the audience thinking like, who the hell is she to say? She doesn't know who I am. Right. And it really got, I mean, it really actually, I mean, I was annoyed. Like I remember that I was annoyed that I had, at that point I hadn't seen anything. And I was like, you know, if I saw something, I would definitely say something. So I know, I don't know who she thinks she is. Right. So anyway, so something, then something actually happened maybe a month later or so. I, I was pretty, not too long after that meeting. Um, and so I actually just quit the fraternity because I was like, you know, I don't want to be a part of this. This is ridiculous. So I kind of, I, I pulled out and I was not going to be a part of it. But then I kept thinking of that lady in my head, like, well, who, like, I wanted her to know. So I basically, I called her office at the University of Delaware and said, I just want you to know that I was at your meeting or whatever conference about hazing last month. And um, I saw something and I stood up and said it was wrong. And I want you to know that I, you know, I got out of it and I told them it was wrong. I stood up for myself. So it's not everyone. So you're, you're, you were like stereotyping all of us and I am not that type of person. So then I was, she's like, oh, I want you to come in. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh, no way. I was like, I just, I just want you to know that you don't know me and I did it and that's it. I'm done. And so I hung up on her. And then like maybe two days later, I got a telephone call in my dorm. Yeah. I was, in, I was living in like a, a on-campus apartment. And um, she called and my roommate was like, hey man, there's some lawyer on the phone for you. I'm like, a lawyer I'm from the university. So I was like, huh. So I call, I get on the phone and she's saying, like asking me questions about, I don't know, like something totally different than hazing. Like kind of like a, a poll about something. I'm like, oh, this is her. She doesn't, and she, in the middle of my answer, she says to me, actually, I'm not calling about those questions. And I think, you are the person she recognized my voice at that point she's like I think you're the person who called me the other day to talk about um hazing and suddenly I changed my voice I was like no that wasn't me like I was like I was like trying to like change my voice I'm like I don't know what you're talking about so um yeah I thought I could change my voice at that point after she talked to me like 10 minutes in my regular voice which is pretty distinct so anyway I was like it's not me and she's like I'm pretty sure that's you I recognize your voice and finally I was like yes it's me what do you want? And she's like, I just want you to come in. No obligations for anything. Just come in and talk to me. And I was like, fine, I'll come in. And then I just got like, it just steamrolled ahead. So we'll keep you anonymous. And then I, and after I told everyone that it was me, I was suddenly like excommunicated. I had zero friends, zero friends. Suddenly like my car was like getting vandalized. Like my door was getting spit on like little, like passive aggressive type of crap. But I mean, not, they weren't coming for me because the university made it clear that you know don't touch that guy so anyway uh, the fraternity got like expelled from campus or what's it called they lost their charter national charter they lost their house yeah they lost the house they lost everything i guess but i guess they got reinstated like 10 years later and delaware still has hazing but get this this is a weird story so last summer vacation here in japan in kyoto i was at a birthday party we still had bars open last summer this year not because of corona but last year we had things open and I was, I met a very young American woman at this party and she was a graduate of Delaware. And I was like, oh, fighting blue hands. And she's like, oh my God, how do you know that? I'm like, I went to Delaware like a long time ago. And so after a while, she was asking me questions and she graduated in 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so super young. Yes. And um, I said something about the hazing case. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't really, I knew that, I know that Delaware has had incidents since then. And um, she, had heard about what I did like so long ago. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But I mean, but nothing changed. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm saying, I don't know, like at the time, so getting back to where I was going. So what happened was 
we have a, we had a really long vacation at Delaware. I would say winter vacations were very long, which I thought was cool at the time. So I love, you know, I mean, I'm on vacation now. I count it 55. <laughs> I'm like, I have 55 days off, but um, I count that stuff out. And they used to have a thing called winter session. So they had like, you could take winter classes. So it was, or not, you know, so I was the or not group of people who would just take the really long vacation. So I remember it, this all happened in fall. Um, it was in the news. I mean, it was like on the, the Philadelphia Inquirer wanted to like, which is like, I guess, a news media outlet there. Um, it was a big deal. And um, I was dreading going back. I was in California on vacation with some friends from one of my previous universities and um, on vacation. And I was just dreading it towards the end of my vacation. And they were like, Jezebel, why are you going back? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't I have no friends there. I don't feel safe. I mean, people think I'm a bad guy because I did what I thought was right. I don't regret doing it. Um, but it was a hard decision because when I went to Delaware, the, I remember being on my tour. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to bounce around here. So when I was a high school student, I went to Yale university on like a, just a, like a field trip from Massachusetts. And um, I remember that the English teacher who took us there said, you know, when you, when you tour a campus, um, and she made it sound like, so like, Ooh, so like romantic and, romanticize the whole you get a feeling when you're on campus mm -hmm. and that's a feeling blah 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 and um university of delaware when i finally went on i went on a ton of tours as i was a professional transfer student and um i did lots of places i went on tours and delaware when i set foot on campus there it had that that feeling that i felt in high school back yeah it was like this is the school for me yeah. so i thought i thought i was home and i thought that was the place i thought that's where i was going to end up and graduate and then the whole fraternity thing happened and um, like I had to leave. It was a huge decision, but I thought I can't deal with that. I don't want to, I don't want to make new friends. I don't want to mm -hmm. have to start. I don't want to start over at a place where I don't feel comfortable or safe. So I just left and I, I didn't go back. So I didn't go back. Um, and then, so because it was, I decided in January, um, what was next? So I ended up having to, I just worked at my uncle's Polish food store in Massachusetts for that next semester, you call it, yeah, semester and summer. And then I was applying for schools. Um, I got into University of Connecticut stores. And um, yeah, yeah, I was supposed to, I mean, I went to orientation. I met my roommate, um, everything. Like I was going to like go to UConn and, um, and actually Delaware, the president of the University of Delaware, was like helping me out um like by with an amazing letter how like oh Keith Josba was instrumental and in how hazing will be treated and seen at the University of Delaware so I mean I looked at Penn State like I had like some good schools and at that time at that time it was crazy Penn State I thought was too far but now I ended up in Colorado but Penn State was it was like too far to fly at that time you know like cheaply because it, it yeah. weren't like it was like too far to fly and it was actually, it was too far to go for home for the weekend. You know, it was just Delaware. I could drive home in like five hours ish from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So it was easy to do a long weekend at home. But um, I forget where Penn State is. it University City, Penn State in Pennsylvania. It's too, it was too far at the time. So anyway, um, so now I'm going to University of Connecticut. And it's super expensive for an out-of-stater from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So I thought, uh, my parents are going to kill me um, if I have to ask for more money or loans or whatever. Yeah. So I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and then I went to vacation to Colorado just on a vacation. And I love Colorado. I love the Rocky mountains. I went to Estes park and I was like, Oh my God, this would be so awesome to be able to, 
at that, at that time I wasn't really into skiing and stuff. And I thought Estes Park was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went there and I came back from vacation and I was like, I don't want to go to UConn. I want to like go to Colorado. And my mom was like, well, you're not going to go to university of Connecticut for a semester and then quit there and then go to another school. So I was like, well, crap, what am I going to do? I want to apply to schools. And it was too late at that point in summer to start mm-hmm. in September. So what happened was I pulled out of UConn and I just enrolled at UMass Amherst because I could commute as an in-stater and I could pay. It was only, we're, my hometown's about 40 minutes drive to the campus in Amherst, Massachusetts. So I ended up taking classes in Amherst first semester after Delaware before and applied to UNC. And at that time, you couldn't like really Google a lot. So I remember getting the, the UNC pamphlet even, or whatever it's called internet wasn't there dude no it no, started no i mean a modem was connected to our phone yeah remember that it the was dial- like, da, 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 yeah, whatever that noise yeah. make. and we yeah. we finally had computer labs like in 94 or something 93 something like that yeah it was nobody had computers no so the all of the unc it showed people you know like the what's the uc is that what's called the, the uc is that the place where we had src, SRC? university center the yeah, university yeah. center university the uc center. right in that board so it's, up, so it's up on a hill right so in mm-hmm. the unc stuff uh that you got in the mail they showed unc students like sitting outside and the rocky mountains were super super close in those pictures Not and they true. showed yeah unc students with like unc sweatshirts skiing so yeah probably they drove two and a half hours to winter park mm-hmm. with their UN with their UNC gear on yep you know and then took pictures of them and then put that in the so I thought I'd be a lot closer yeah and it was stinky in the first I don't know I died when I first got to the first my first day at UNC I was alone and it was a nightmare um yeah. I thought oh my god I can't transfer again my where were you living kill. where were you living oh this is a funny story so I arrived apparently like two or three days early I didn't realize I made a mistake I don't know. Again, I guess I didn't check stuff. So I arrived alone and I had to check into like the, the nicest hotel in Greeley, which is like, I don't even know what it was. It was like, a, I don't, don't know. It was awful. Yeah, I, it was I like called a Holiday mom. Inn or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was down by the armory. Yeah. Down that, that area. So it's not even a nice area. Um, I remember seeing, there must have been like a rodeo or something in town. I don't know. Or just oh, that's how people dress. National Stampede Days. But it was a win- it was January though. It was January, so I don't know. Oh, 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 oh! It's um. What goes on in January? Yeah, there is a national stock show. Ugh. A national- so I yeah. So I had to call my I called my mom until I got to the hotel safely, and it's a payphone in the hallway, right? Because right. At, at that time, so oh, how did the you hallway. use that? You wouldn't have used that. How did you do I probably, that? I probably had to do one eight hundred collect. No, like right. they're dirty. <laughs> oh well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I was more appalled by the people in the in the lobby with me i was wow. like and i was like having to like talk quietly I'm like mom there are like cowboys here it's like what do you mean I'm like cowboys like with actual cowboy hats and like giant belt buckles like i mean i'd never seen this only on tv mm-hmm. and i was staying there in like a brooks brothers like long coat and like i think at the time people were ll being in massachusetts we were like ll being like type waterproof yeah like those duck duck boots things you know yeah. like that they were, they were like kind of cool for east coast people at the time yeah. Um, and I, I was a fish out of water and then I went to Macowan and I was still a day early, but they let me check in. And, um, I went to Macowan hall. And again, at this point I was an older, I transferred in. I wasn't a freshman, you know, I would was transferring as technically a junior. 
And um, they put me in Macau with like a floor of freshmen. Yeah. And I opened the door and the RA, I don't remember her name, but she was really, really, really nice and very, very apologetic because the room was trash. I got there in January. Mm-hmm. So the roommate, the person who had left there in December had trashed the room. And there was like on the desk, there was this kid's, uh, this guy's um, probation notice from the courts. So now here I am, like this room is disgusting and trashed. And I was like, oh my God, how, like, I have no idea what to do. It was, it was, it was disgusting. And he's a criminal. Like they, they housed with, they, with a known criminal. And I'm like, there's no way I'm staying here. I, I left. Like I, I went back to the hotel yeah. and I went, and I went straight to residence life. Did you, you see like, Andy the, Blank? I think eventually, but I went over his head. I, actually, after that, I went to like the Dean of Students. Yeah. Okay. And um, the Dean, or the Dean of Admissions, I think. I can't remember her name. Blonde hair at the time. Anyway, so I went in there and they're like, we like, we don't like to do any moving yeah. around. The yeah. blah, 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 giving me the, like, the whole, like, I'm like, this is not, I'm like, this has got to be a different thing. No, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And you're like, oh, you have to do this. So I, I skipped over residence life. And I think I went to the Dean's office and I had, I think I had my bill. I hadn't paid it yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to them, here's my bill. I said, I'm at least a junior. I'll probably take longer here. Either you move me today. Or this bill's not going to get paid. You can try to have me pay it. I basically I, you know, played hardball with them and said, I'm not paying this. I'm out, I'm out of state tuition. I feel like you've, you've put me in a room with a criminal. I'm like I saw his probation letter. I said, that's disgusting. It's awful. I'm older. I'm like, this is an 18 year old. You know, I'm a child 19. genius. <laughs> <laughs> I am a child, child genius because I'm only 40 now or 30 something. But anyway, um, if I, people doing the math, like, how old is this guy? But anyway, um, they said, well, we'll see what we can do. And I would say by the time I got back to the hotel, I had a message from two or three different hall directors mm-hmm. saying, hi, this is so-and-so from Turner Hall. And hi, this is so-and-so from... Uh, I think- Go to Lawrenceon? I think I had to look at three and I, but I fell, I fell in love with Sabin Hall. Sabin. Yeah. The old, I like old, I I like old, like historical buildings. It had a ton of character. Yes. So I ended up there um, and I ended up um, getting a a room that was supposed to be for two people. And again, they tried charging me for that. It's like for a single. And I was like, you're welcome to put whoever you want in here. I'm not paying it. So because like, I guess if you, if you're one person in a room meant for it was a, it was a huge corner room it was awesome with hardwood floors. Um, I used to pledge the floors and I wouldn't fall down when they walk in my room, put their socks on, but I would like, that's a weird story thing too. But anyway, but they, they tried to put some, they tried to tell me that because I had a double room for a single price, I think it was like punishment for being mean to them when I first got there. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not paying that either. No, Yeah. And you can put someone in here. I mean, by that point it was like February and they're trying to charge yeah. you for that. And I was like, oh, if you have, if you have someone, yeah. They're all men. That's fine by me. So I ended up at UNC after all of this craziness. And yeah, I love Saban Hall. And then I moved off campus the next term before I became an RA. So um, wait, yeah. did you okay. become an RA in the fall or in the spring a year later? I think that was also a spring a year later because I lived off campus with Vaughn, remember? No, it wasn't. No, Melrose was totally after RA. No, it was before. You lived. It was weird. You lived in Melrose before. Yes, 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 yeah. Because I I graduated as an RA in Harrison Hall. Remember, I, yeah. Did we graduate I together? 
95. I graduated in 94. Oh, 95. Yeah, I was graduating. I, I stretched that stuff out. Again, I think I'm like, for all the mothers listening, should they, I'm like the cautionary tale. I don't know. I think for a lot of everyone, I listened to a ton of your um, previous um, guests, and I think I'm like, the, I don't know. I think I guess I'm. No, 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 no. Well, first of all, all right. back back in the day, okay. there was no internet. When we applied right. for FAFSA, it was on paper. Remember? Yeah. It took forever for it to get back to us, to send it back, to whatever. Yeah, this was not. You, you applied to colleges by writing them a letter saying, can right. I have some information? There was yes. no tours. I mean, like colleges coming to us. Right. It was just, I mean, we were f- on our own. Didn't it feel like that? Yeah, I think I remember going to college fairs, though, and like signing up like with postcards, like giving my address oh, to everyone. Oh, okay. And getting, getting tons of material. So mm-hmm. that helped. That helped like to get a lot, like that helped me to get schools from Florida. Like what, like that helped broaden my horizons too. I knew I wanted to be, I don't know. I, I guess I, mean, I ended up in Japan. I mean, I guess I've always wanted to travel and do stuff. Mm-hmm. So. What was um, your major? History. That's again, another cautionary tale. I think like, if, hmm. So I want to say that people make fun of English majors, but English all of the, major. but all of the English majors I've ever known and have met over the years, they've all gone on to do more with their degree than I think history majors have done. And I'm just, and that's just me stereotyping, but I've met a lot of people. And when they say like, oh, I'm, I work at a publisher. I work for someone like I went on to do this. I went on to, to do that. I think a lot of people don't understand. I think back in those days, English majors got a lot of people making fun of them. Like, oh, you're an English major. You, I remember my uncle's being saying this to other of my, my cousins saying like, don't you speak English? You know, like, oh, you can't speak. You need to, you need to major in it. Like, like, that was like, my dumb uncles would say stuff like that. You know, like, how do you major in English? You speak it. You know, you must be getting all A's. You know, just like really ignorant comments like that. In history, I think they thought, I don't know, that was like one step above. Right. It's more cerebral. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It sounded. But it sounded then, amazing. So then we became RAs together in McCowan Hall. For yes, that, that spring fun. semester, right? Yes, yes, yes. I was only there one semester, and then I went to Harrison for a year. Okay. Um, we had like the best time. <laughs> I want to say we had a hall director, and her name was Debbie. And mm. talk about English majors. Um, <laughs> we actually I love created. Debbie, we are we created our own language based on Debbie's language. So, and to this day, we are still bilingual and, um, it's a maze. It really is. It is. Yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I feel empowered. So many fun. Like there was this guy, Paul, who, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know if we should talk about Paul. I don't know. But but that's a thing. So I met a German version of Paul on a vacation in Limburg, Germany, maybe seven years ago. So I won't talk about Paul, but I'll talk about the German guy. So there's a German guy. German Paul. Yeah. Right. There's a German guy. And so I stayed at this hotel, quaint little hotel in the middle of old town Limburg for maybe five nights. So I had five mornings of breakfast with this guy. I was trying to like change my time for breakfast because I didn't want to find 
German Paul in the breakfast room at the same time. So what these types of Paul, German, what these people do is they have, after their first, so if it's a, a buffet type thing where you go, you go up, you get your first serving, okay? Mm-hmm. And people eat, and before they get their second serving, they blow their noses at the table. Like, that's what Paul did, right? That was the thing that Paul would do, right? Oh, my God, blow, yeah, but then he wouldn't wash his hands in between. It's gross, right? It's gross. So people, but the, like, who blows their nose in front of people eating? Like, really, really, like, powerful nose blowing. We hear it all coming out. I don't know what creates that much snot that they need to blow their nose in between courses, but that's what he would do. Right? That, that would gross out. And I remember, like, people... We remember MJ? Oh, definitely. Yeah. MJ was her Bosart. I remember her name. Her name MJ Bosart. Mary right? Jo Bosart or Brosart or something. Yeah. So she never noticed the whole Paul blowing his nose thing. And so until and, and until I pointed it out to everyone, I'm like, you guys realize that he blows his nose before he goes up and gets more food. Like he doesn't do that. And then like the next day when we were all eating together at the table. And we're all waiting for Paul to go up. And as soon as he like finished his meal, we're all like watching, watching, watching. And he blew his nose. And it was like, and MJ was like, I can't eat with him anymore because of you. She's like, she'd like eaten with him for months before without noticing it. But because I pointed it out, she could no longer eat with him. Did we ever, did we ever point out to her in staff meetings? Cause we were already together. His toe fetish. Do you remember that? He yes. I don't remember. Him. No, no, no. Okay, so he would wear sandals to staff meeting, and after a while, you and I would fight not to sit by him. Like, we'd get there so early in Heather's apartment Mm -hmm. that we would, like, find a way to maneuver to be across from him. Okay. As he'd wear these sandals. Right. During staff meeting, he would play with his toes and then I thought he'd pick his, (laughs) yes, he'd pick his toes and smell his fingers. That's right. Ugh. But I think I think there was a point where MJ asked me or actually demanded that I no longer point out things anymore that I noticed because she was like ruining her, her life. Like, I mean, like, like she would get really seriously angry if I like, do you know what? Just to like bust, like just to bust her balls. I, I guess I, I can't like, can I use the F word on here? I don't know. Just to F with her. Okay, I'll, I'll try to. You can say whatever like, you want. It's so, so just funny. to F with her. So just to F with her, I would I would be like, guess what? She'd be like, shut up. So she'd be like, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm kidding. I'm like, don't even say it. No more words. She would like cut me off. She would like freak out about like anything that I point out because she didn't want to like hear anymore. Because remember the um the water. If you put water in the glasses, it would smell like wet dog. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, I. So so yeah. But the thing is, like the thing is, like if you Google that nowadays, I think it's like if there's a an industrial type uh cleaner dishwashing cleaner oh. that will will like that probably they let them drip dry or something and so it gets like a, a bit it's, it's nothing it's a bit of a stink right right but I, I think but when I pointed that out to her like she could no longer drink water out of the water glasses because they she's like because it smelled like wet dog and then basically she could never drink water again because I was like if you it smells like wet dog it's disgusting but it's the it's just the soap residue and she was like it didn't matter to her yeah. that I could like also yeah, it would freak her out. But yeah, those meetings were something else. Yeah, I and was Lata- on duty with Paul. That was my duty partner. I was the worst RA. What? I was not a good RA, I think. Oh, I, I wasn't know. either. My the, the, the students across the hall from me grew pot in their closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And so one day they called me over 
and they're like, hey, Wendy, can you come hang out? And I'm like, sure, what's going on? Because, you know, I want to be that engaging RA, right? Get to know my students, make lifelong memories. And we're sitting in there and not five minutes later, there's a knock on the door and it's campus police. And we're all hanging out. I have no idea what pot smells like, even though my whole floor is smelling like burnt popcorn and hairspray. And um, they go through the, the room and underneath the, in the vanity, hold on just a second. Hey, Maxie, mommy's talking. Okay, thanks. Um, so underneath the vanity in the um, suite area, you know, it's right. like all these fluorescent lights, all these little plants with buds. And I'm like, what are these? And campus police is like, didn't we do training with you guys? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I don't like, know they showed us. Know, man. Oh, wow. So I was terrible. Like my my art my residents would leave bears on my pillow. And they'd be like, we saw you had a hard day. And I'm like, what? Where did you get this? I still don't remember when what the drinking age was. Was it 21? Yes, it was 21. We aren't that old. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Okay, so then then we were RAs that spring. And then were we both elected to SRC the next year, or was it during the year that we were RAs? I was an RA the summer before uh, SRC before I became an RA, and then I became an RA after. Okay. Yeah. I think I was on both all year. I think you were. You did both. Yes. I slept with earplugs. I slept with earplugs in, which defeats the whole purpose of an RA, right? So I wouldn't hear them. Yeah. 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 Remember a student lost, uh, at McCowan, some student lost a piece of his finger, like the tip of his finger got chopped off one Saturday night and I slept through the entire thing. And they thought, they thought that I was like not home. Like I was such a bad RA and I was like, I was here. I just didn't like, I didn't know that anything went on. Like there was like ambulances and police and what happened was like someone had, he stuck his fingers like uh, in the doorway and someone slammed the door shut and like yeah. his finger got chopped off or something. And I missed all yeah. of that. Like, where were you? And I'm like, what? I just woke up. <laughs> what happened? Was it Debbie? Was it still Debbie as the director? I think so, yeah. I don't think she was there either, though. I think she was gone that weekend. It was like a Saturday night. And oh. I don't think I was on duty. I don't, what's that called? Was it called duty? What was yeah, it called? Yeah, it was called duty. Had, it was ugh, called duty. Yeah, do yeah. rounds all night long. That was awful. Yeah, it was till midnight. Yeah. That was terrible. Oh, my God. I did the front desk work at um, Web King, Web King Hall. Yeah. Like, I, I did the front, the overnight desk job. And I used to just sleep, like <laughs> on the desk, drooling on the desk. Yeah, that was an all night thing. Yeah, it was like they had like someone who sat there all night long. Right, we had to. Yeah, yeah. So that was I did that before I became an RA. I think that was when I was off campus, but I wanted to still like kind of connect, keep a connection with on campus stuff. Yeah. So it was before I was an SRC, um, but I was always involved with that type of thing, like um, student government. I was student body president at my first school, which was before Delaware. Oh my God, where was that? Can you talk about it? Yeah, that was in Worcester, Massachusetts. And it was just a small junior private. So basically in high school, I was a very average student and didn't know where I wanted to go. And I 100% did not want to be a community college person. Um, So you can go to like fancy, expensive um, junior colleges. Um, And so I went to Becker in uh, Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts. And they just went out of business this this month after 238 years. Isn't that sad? That's very like sad. This, 
because of COVID. Yeah. And it's like they, you know, so it was at all these old buildings and 238 year history is just done. This little, that's the, that's the, did you graduate? Yeah. yeah, That's where I got, I, so I actually saw, I I actually went through the whole thing there, the whole two years. And that's when I went to Delaware from there because it was super easy. But I mean, it was easy only meaning that I was not into studying when I was a high school student so much. So I really was too, by the time I decided that I wanted to go to college, I was like, Ooh, I haven't really done a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. I was, I was having too much fun in high school. So, but yeah, I did not want to do a community college at all. I didn't want to be a commuter, you know? So I did um, Worcester for two years, then ended up at Delaware. Worcester is the place where the Real Housewife of New York went with me. Are you serious? Yeah. And she doesn't put it in her, she doesn't put that school in her, um, like a uh, resume or history. Yeah. I wonder. She's Is she not proud of it? That's kind of cool. And she did fashion design and she invented, is that the right word? Created. Uh, oh gosh. What are those things called? She, what those things, not Spanx, but um, is it yummy tummy? Is that something? Tummy, tummy, yummy, tummy, something. Something know, that sucks you in. I think so. Yeah. And that's, wow. that's her, that's her. And she, that's where she made her. Yeah, multi-millionaire. And um, she was on Real Housewives of New York. And so she left this season like under some sort of controversy, which is ironic because I know her and I know I I would be the last person to cast those stones. And that's what she was doing on the show to people. And I thought, man, I remember her. And she partied a lot, like way more than I would have ever partied at that time of my life. Like, yeah. And now she's throwing out. Like, I... I always, you know, I'm the last person to, Yeah. I mean, I won't hold anyone against what they do. You know, oh. <laughs> I had fun too. So I don't know. So, um, so that's where she went. And then did yeah. she go to like FIT? Or? No, she ended up, she went to, I want to, I think she went to SUNY, New York, SUNY, mm-hmm. which is state university of New York somewhere. Yeah, I don't, don't, there's campuses. a bunch. Yeah. There's a yeah. bunch. I don't know which one she went to, but that's, that's where her, education starts out when you look at her little um educational background so for the yeah so she apparently i think because she was probably such a party animal at becker and becker had a nickname at the time which is would be very 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 politically incorrect but the i was just say it because i was i was out there the becker pecker records that was like the nickname for the um yeah our school was really really close to um WPI, which is Worcester Polytechnical Institute, which were all the smart, brainy yeah. engineers were. And it was right down the street. And so the Becker women who were all, you know, 18, 19 years old wanted to party. And so the WPI guys had, you know, amazing parties. And that's where all the Becker women would go. And probably lots of them met their future husbands, you know. Wow. Hopefully. Yeah. So that was, a, that was like a, a thing back in the day the Becker Pecker records so um but yeah that's the, probably the most famous person I've ever went to school with in all my universities yeah, yeah. although you don't did you know Ian Ian Sieb Sieb yeah of course you know him he works yeah. for um the governor of Colorado now Jared Polis yeah he's like the he's like the weed like the he helped to implement the policies and everything for the weed industry I do and Ian, that. Ian got kicked out of my Harrison Hall. 
he was my resident. That, that's how I know Ian. And I was good friends with him. He got kicked out of Harrison all for having weed, getting caught with weed. He got moved across campus. And was I didn't realize that. like banned from that that part of campus which is ironic he ended up like medical dispensary in colorado and then um on you froze you still there um yeah we froze it's okay <laughs> your face is frozen on shock it was like this um I know. <laughs> but he, I, he I opened the first i can't remember dispensary. like who yeah yeah wow. and willie nelson willie willie nelson ended up buying his dispensary do you know that in colorado yeah, Willie oh, Nelson. We of all do people. That. Oh my God. I know. I should have. I should have gotten in on that at the time. He I was know. into it. How do I only know? But he was like, "Oh yeah, he was really into it back in the day." And then getting it legalized, and so he's probably cool. the other. And then of course, Lapori. Lapori is pretty successful. Oh my gosh, he's like one of our most successful friends. The lobbyist. Yeah. He's a lobbyist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, we're friends. Yeah, I know. Heather, too. Oh, my God. Heather Blewett. We love you. Oh, my God. Heather. I know. She's going to be on here, right? She'll, she'll be on here, I think. Absolutely. We're going to talk about her, her daughter and college. Yeah, she'll know. Husband. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. my gosh. So Heather was Greek. Did you go Greek then when you came to UNC? Uh-uh. No, I had friends who were trying. Like, oh. And, I, and this, is how, this is how I got sucked into it at Delaware, is that I ended up hanging out the summer that I was off campus and yeah. on SRC. Um, that was with Shriner. Shriner was a Sigma Chi. Um, but I was friends with a lot of Delta Chi's that summer. I like, hung out with all these dudes. Oh, I remember Delta Chi. That house was so yes. gross. It was gross. But I hung out there all summer. Yeah. Um, so I hung out with all those guys. And then I was a hasher. What's that? A hasher oh, for 85. Food. You made their food, well, right? No, we like serve their food. There was they, they have their own chef. They have the eighty pie house had their own private chef, but I would come in myself and the guy Nick, who was a Delta Chi, and we would get to eat dinner with 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 the women. And so we would like serve the food. I think we washed the dishes afterwards. It was like a deal. It was like a and usually they only got they only gave each other to fraternity guys, but because I was I was friends with Delta Chi's and stuff, and they're like, and I was friends with the house president of 85 that's how emily was a neighbor her best friend was like my neighbor at the, the hill at melrose place at melrose. so yeah so i was all in like with all these greek people and they're like oh you should be i'm like no i've already been through this i don't want to yeah be a part of it uh-uh no 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 uh, when I, my first semester at, sorry my first semester at sabin um in colorado there was a national student exchange student audra from new jersey and she's from the University of Delaware. And I was like, oh, God, I just left there. So it was still kind of raw. Yeah. And I, I ended up being, I want to say like two months after she was there, we've been partying together and we were out, out drinking at the armory. We were, we were 21. So we were out drinking at the armory. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was 21 at the time. And um, she, I said something about Delaware. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm the witness. And she was like, what? And I was like, I left Delaware because of the hazing case last year. And she was like, no, she was really, I didn't really get that kind of, she was freaking out so much that she went into the hallway payphone. Now Colorado's two hours ahead of East coast time. Like she We're called behind. her roommates in Delaware. Yeah. Right. So it was late. It was much, much later yeah. in Delaware. 
So she gets on the phone like in the middle of the night for us, probably like three or four in the morning for her roommates in Delaware. And she's like, you're never in a drunk call. She's like, you're never going to believe who I, who I'm standing here with. She's like the teeth witness. And she was just like freaking out. And her roommates were like, they want to talk to me. And they said that the whole year before they'd be like on campus, either in a dining hall or on like the little campus shuttle or something and saying like, we could be on here with that witness could be like sitting next to us right now. I wonder who it is because yes, I told the people who were close to me, but yeah. they still kept me, they still kept me anonymous in the media and for all the news things. So I wasn't, my name was never printed. So if only if you knew people connected to the case, they're like, Oh, it was that guy Keith. So it was the, or, that big. It was that big. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Oh and, my or, gosh. I walked into like a 200 person or 250 person lecture hall one day. And um, like one of my ex friends, girlfriends was a sorority and she was telling everyone in her row of people like that's, that's the, and like, they were all like, so I was in there, like they're all behind me. I could just feel all these like hateful. They were like, everyone hated me. Like I was hated by strangers and there, I didn't go back to that class afterwards. I was like, I'm not right. going back to that lecture hall again because that bitch, you know, pointed to me and was like, he's the one who is testifying oh against gosh. like I'm I was uh, I was assaulting the Greek community apparently like me alone and it was just awful so yeah oh my goodness mm -hmm. so Melrose I don't know yeah. if our listeners understand how sacred oh, yeah. Melrose was so Melrose was is a an apartment building called the villa um in Greeley and it was really close to Roma's where we would go and eat um, these huge calzones and these 32 ounce bazooka beers. Mm -hmm. And so Cindy, one of my closest friends lived there. Lamont with Kendall. Remember they lived there. Mm -hmm. Vaughn lived there. I didn't realize you had lived there just for that semester. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, who else did you like? Kirk was there. Kurt, Kirk, something. Kurt. 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 Yes. His Gen Jennifer. Jennifer lived there. Did she really? Yes. She did. Who was her she roommate? She lived down the hall from me. Amy her roommate, Was her roommate the one who almost got on um, the MTV real world. show? Real World. Yeah, yeah. the Real she World. Like, Amy. Amy. She and was Andra. Like one of the last people. And they picked someone else. I know. That was, it was awful. Oh, Jennifer did live there. Oh, my God. Okay, who else? Amy has like six kids. It does she really? Heard. That's what I heard from Jen. Maybe five. I probably exaggerate. Probably, that's but still, five that's still, still a lot. Funny that it, yeah, I yeah. have three, and I feel like it's just, yeah, no. I can't do it. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's like 1930s. So I have seven kids or whatever. That's like, oh, that's like my grandparents' generation. I don't know. No, who does oh that anymore? So our listeners have to understand how sacred Melrose was because we would just hang out there. And go into different apartments. And it was just, it was just, yeah, it was, it was to the point. A dorm. Where it was like about a rules. Dorm. Yeah. Without rules. But we had these t-shirts made because Lamont and Cindy came up with this um, group called Club Heartless. We had t-shirts made and I still have mine. And Cindy and uh -huh. Lamont gave everybody nicknames. Well, you know, Cindy um, was not a fan of organized religion. So her nickname was Crusader. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yes. I was Winnie because whatever. I was just. Right. Um, <laughs> um, Kendall was queen of the night because yes. he, you know, came out after, you know. Um, but yeah, there were so many fun people. It was just, I don't know. And I can't tell you how much, how many beers. Hold on. Max, honey, I'm on a video call. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, special needs kids. Okay. And I mean, we spent so much time at Roma's and drinking and 7-Eleven was next to, the, was like touching our building. Yeah. I used to drink like two or three 64 ounce or 32 ounce Slurpees. cherry Slurpees. Yeah. Slurpees. Disgusting. How much sugar we used to intake in our bodies. And people are worried about the vaccine. I mean, between all the nachos, all the nacho cheese from 7-Eleven that I ate and Slurpees. Oh my God, Kinko's was right there. And that's where we had to go and get our syllabi because they would be like, go buy your syllabi at Kinko's. And it was like- And Blackjack Pizza. What? Blackjack Pizza was next to Kinko's. Do you remember Blackjack Pizza? (laughs) Yeah, you could get like two pizzas for eight bucks, Mm -hmm. which now it's unheard of. You can't- Can you imagine how much the rent was there? I paid $175 a month for rent. Oh, it's probably for the, De- for the Deville. It's two oh. bed. It's a two bedroom apartment. Oh, it's Deville, not Deville. It's D E V I L L E. Yeah, the Deville. Isn't that weird? Oh, I love that. One seventy five. So cheap to live off campus. It was three fifty a month, and we split that. That's amazing. That is amazing. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. Yeah. Why did you leave to become an RA then? I think to sell my mom on like another year of school at this point. Yes. She was just like, you're not graduating. How are you not graduating yet? I kept transferring. I took a time off in between Delaware and I went to, I only took two or three classes. I think I wasn't like a full-time student at Amherst Mm -hmm. when I went, you know, I was only going like, I want to say three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Yeah. When I did do something in between. And now, one can, of those three classes I took was Polish. And I was like, what are you going to do with Polish? I'm like, well, I thought it would be a cool thing to take. So, I mean, oh, yeah. my goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, did any of those, I mean, those credits transferred. So it was yeah. beneficial for you, right? I would say Polish didn't, but I did take a, yeah, I took two serious classes there and Polish, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what class I took, but I remember being a lecture, giant, I remember not liking giant lecture halls. And at University of Massachusetts had like 30,000 people. It was just huge. No, it was, was, I want to say there were 500 people. And the one class I did take was just like, you would never, ever possibly know your professor. Uh It was huge. Campus was huge. I mean, it was like, it was a city. I mean, they basically are the pop, the pop between UMass Amherst and Amherst College and a couple of other smaller schools. They're basically the population of Amherst. It's such a quiet place in summer. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I did, but I, but I would say definitely, I say nothing was a waste of time, like transferring because I ended up meeting the best people ever in Colorado. Um, and I mean, yeah, I'm a history major and I did joke about it, but there's no way I could be living in Japan without a degree. Tell us I mean, how I, you got the job in Japan then. Oh gosh. So I went to Korea first. So I had I lived remember as, that. Uh, I'm actually writing about that. I'm taking a summer class right now at Stanford University. <sighs> Um, I told you that, right? I'm writing. I'm, I haven't been in school since then. And this is my, so because I'm stuck here 
I have a seven week holiday. I thought, you know, I'm not going to yeah. sit around all summer doing nothing. So I have a ton of homework now. So I'm taking a writing course, how to write a memoir. Oh. And um, with like only 20 students at Stanford online. Um, it was Zoom lessons. And so anyway, I just wrote about this whole, like how I got to Japan. And um, so I went to Korea because Jennifer went to Japan first. You know that, right. I remember Jennifer going. She went through JET, so she, right? JET, yeah, she's a JET, JET program. So I asked her in like April after ski season, because I'd been working at Winter Park Ski Area. And I thought, man, I actually do something with my degree. So it was too late to get, because the JET program starts in July. So it's July to July. And I asked Jennifer at like April and she's like, you have to apply in November for the next year. So it was too late. So I was like, oh gosh, I have to be a ski bum for a whole nother ski season. So I was like, what am I going to do? So anyway, Jennifer, I don't know if she called me. I don't think I had email at that time. I don't know how I found out, but Jennifer told me about that I should apply to go to Korea because they're creating their own type of jet program in Korea at the time. And you should do it and maybe do that for like a year and then I'll get you in and then apply for the jet program and you have some experience and then just come to Japan after that. Mm-hmm. So I went to Korea and I only lasted five weeks and everyone was like, Take-. it was awful. Yeah, it was like the What nightmare. was it like? Like, were you in an apartment like you are now, which is gorgeous? <laughs> oh, no. Oh my, oh my God. God. It's awful. So I had a two week orientation, which is fun and amazing, but it was also a huge culture shock, just the weather. So we yeah. arrived in July and I've been living. What is it like? Well, I was in Fraser, Colorado, living at like 8,000 or 8,900 feet. Fourth of July was snowing. I was freezing. And then I was in like, I had no idea that my eyelids, I didn't know. Do you know eyelids sweat? Have you ever had that happen? No. Like I, I yeah. Eyelids, like I, eyelids actually. Like the top part, this part? No, the, uh, under your eye, like the underneath, they sweat. That, that's what I realized. I, that it was like, and then if you put, and also you're, just it was just awful it was the most humid disgusting weather and nothing was air conditioned so I was wait the classrooms weren't air conditioned the at the the orientation I think our where we had our little orientation like breakout sessions were but where we were staying we were basically staying in a dorm in the middle of Korea it was probably two hours south or an hour and a half south of Seoul Mm -hmm. and um but I was with with like a hundred other expats Canada England all over the all over the world so we had fun, you know, we were, again, we were all in our twenties and we were just partying and having fun and it was hot and miserable. But so anyway, we were, I was supposed to go to Seoul to be a teacher for a year after this two week orientation. Wait, so on the last we day, to go which, which city? Seoul, the capital of okay, Korea. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I thought, and I was supposed to have a roommate. So this is the whole contract deal that I was told by the San Francisco Korean consulate at the time. So I'm in my contract. I was supposed to be living in Seoul, have a roommate. I thought this would be like, a cool like university type thing, you know, have a roommate. Um, so anyway, the day before we were supposed to go to Seoul, they announced, that was the day before the morning of, I think it was like, oh, by the way, we had less teachers sign up for the program this year than we had anticipated. So some of you who were promised Seoul will be going to different places around Korea. We're all like, that better not be me. So we all had like, the, I think we, I, I want to say that we had like a few hours of like, anger and panic like who's gonna go to Seoul blah, blah, blah. it was like they're only taking like half of us to Seoul but we were all like freaking out and we got the list and I wasn't on the list for Seoul and there was this so like there was a bus for Seoul we were in the parking lot leaving and there was like this big beautiful bus air-conditioned bus and then there was this like a bunch of cars of like these like farmer type people waiting for us and I got brought to a village 
in the middle of Korea. Can you imagine me with brand new luggage? Like, oh my God. Dragging my luggage across like a, like a, a, a parking lot that was like mud puddles and like dirt driveways. I was like dragging my brand new luggage through this. Oh my God. And I like opened the Peace Corps. That's exactly what I, how I described it. I got to my apartment and the doorknob was like not installed. So it was, it was being held in by like, they rolled up paper towels and packed it around the doorknob. But he like, but then he unlocked the deadbolt above it. And I was like, you realize that anyone could just pull this doorknob out, stick their arm in where the paper towels are and like unlock this door. And it was yeah. disgusting. It was like this awful apartment. Again, no air conditioning, no bath or shower. It was like a hose with a, with a drain on the floor, like next to the kitchen on the wall yeah no screens there was tons of bugs i was how awful last? how long I did last, you last i left the next day <laughs> how did I you was get out there. of it because oh like, as you're talking this is so okay. not keith this no. is the opposite of keith i looked yeah. at all my luggage i i basically this is now like i said it was a friday as a friday afternoon they served dog soup at my welcome party dogs yeah they but the thing is like again like as a meat eater i no longer mock them because i i found out later that they uh they eat specific dogs like there are they don't go out and like grab people or dogs off the street or go into pet shops there's a specific type of dog that i mean and again i eat who am i to judge because i do eat beef you know i eat animals so i mean i don't know but anyway at the time it was not the, like that in that frame of mind i was like i'm not touching that soup I don't care. In my mind, it was Baron, my, my, my terrier mix, you know, from home. You know, I was like, there's no way I'm eating Baron or, you know, uh, or Shotzi, Shotzi uh, the schnauzer, you know? So anyway. So you didn't eat dinner. You're no. sweating bullets. You have sweating gorgeous bullets. luggage because yeah. I don't know if everybody understands. My friend Keith dressed Im- impeccably in college, impeccably. He actually drove me out to my first job. And do you remember that? And this guy offered you money for your gap shirt. Yes. Um, (laughs) At an Applebee's. Yeah. It was all, I was sweaty. I was like, no, I was more concerned that I was sweaty. (laughs) Um, You kept upping the price. For Keith to be put in a situation where he, he, no, this just, this just is not. This is not in alignment with your values or priorities. Absolutely. I wrapped, I wrapped my face with a t-shirt because they gave me a giant can of like bug killer and I had like, I had, and it was all in Korean, but I had like huge skeletons. I knew there was like a pretty um, strong warning on the back. I had no idea what it said, but I sprayed probably the entire can in this apartment. And there were just, there was just dead bugs all over. There was like a carpet of dead bugs on the floor. It was, I didn't even sleep that first night. I basically, I looked, I had a, I had a North Face day backpack like a day pack and i remember thinking like all right i will just take pictures um one pair of shoes and i'll just leave everything here and just never come like i like i packed what i could carry out because there was like there was no train stations there was like i was in the middle of nowhere i didn't know what to do where did you go so what happened was the the one person who spoke a little bit of english in that village was supposed to come take me around on that that saturday morning and I basically was like, I'm, I need to go to train, tra- like, take me to the train station. He was like, huh, huh, huh. He was like, no, today. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to Seoul. So I said that I had plans in Seoul and I'll come back on Monday. I just lied. I was like, just take me to the train station, which was like an hour away. It was an hour drive away. I had to like explain to him. He was like, didn't want to take me. 
And um, what happened was is like those soul teachers had shouted to me from the bus, we're staying because at the soul teachers, they had one more week of orientation for soul teachers. Yeah. And they basically shouted, we're at the Sheraton, Hyungwangjang, or whatever, whatever, whatever it was. And I remember like, again, at that time, you were like putting notes in your phone. Right. Like I had to, map, like I said it over and over and over again in my head, the something, something, something hotel. And this, and I just basically went to Seoul, this giant city of millions of people. And again, without Google Maps, without knowing what to do, I just kept asking people on the street, do you know this hotel? Do you know, do you speak English? I found, like, it took me all day, but I found their hotel. And because there were so many, I want to say there was like 40 soul teachers, foreigners, all, all basically mm-hmm. people look like me. I blended in with them. And so for the week, there was one British guy who had a, a room with two double beds. So I kind of like blended in with the soul teachers. They didn't, they didn't know I wasn't supposed to be there. And I had like breakfast every day. Like I had like normal hotel food because they put them up in a nice hotel. So for one week, and at that time I was going to like the ministry of education and saying, this is my contract. I'm not supposed to be in this little village. You need to change it. And they wouldn't change it. And the guy was getting really, really weird and like forceful with me. Like the last time I ever saw them face to face, he tried to take my passport from me. He said he needed to make a copy of it. And I had kind of had a suspicion that he just didn't, wasn't cool. And I said, I don't have my passport on me. It's at the hotel. And at that time he didn't know I was staying with the other, the other people. I said, I'm staying in my own hotel. I didn't tell him my hotel name. And he grabbed my arm really, really forcefully and said, I'll take you there. And I, I yanked my arm away. And I was like, I will come back after lunch with my passport as my heart was racing. I was trying to play cool. And he followed me out as I was like getting into a taxi. And I was like, these people are seriously scary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it turned out another guy from Colorado was there that same year. And um, his passport was taken away from him. And like his parents, his parents had to pay like $10,000, like basically ransom to get his passport back so he could leave. And then he was found dead in a ditch, like the day before he left. Yeah. Jennifer's mom mailed me like a cutout, again, cut out, didn't send me a link. There was no such thing at the time. She cut out a newspaper story about this suspicious death of a Colorado guy in his twenties. And she's like, this reads just like what you did, but thank God you didn't, like you were strong. I was strong enough to be like, I'm not giving you my passport. And I did everything else over the phone after that. And I had to, I had to sneak out of the country on a Sunday, like five weeks into it. Like I, Jennifer was like, just come to Japan, come stay with me and we'll figure this out. And so on the last time I tried to negotiate with these people, I waited three weeks. So it was five weeks total, three weeks negotiating with them. Um, And I basically on a Saturday morning, they, they, they kept giving the brush off the brush off. I said, okay, I will come to see you on Monday morning. I promise. And then I went to a travel agent. I booked a ticket for the next day to leave Seoul. And then I got taken to a little room at the Seoul airport because my visa, it showed out I was a government worker. So I work, work my, my visa was through the Korean government. And they're like, you just got here five weeks ago on this one-year visa. Why are you leaving? And I said, I have a family emergency. And they're like, in Japan? Because I only had a one-way ticket to Japan. I was like, well, I have no more money. I, I was just thinking of the stuff on top of my head. Like, and this these guys with machine guns, like questioning me in a small room. And I, and I was like, uh, my friend lives in Osaka, near Osaka, and she has money. I have no more money. And she's going to buy my ticket for the rest of the journey back to Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, hold on. Like, you can't leave. And they're like, you have to wait because until there's no one, no one, the office isn't open today. It's Sunday. And we need to verify this with the Ministry of Education. I was like, oh my gosh, if they catch me, they're not gonna let me leave. No. So then, but so then at some point they're like, if you leave today, you can never come back. And, I, and suddenly I was like, oh, I heard that. I went actually Jack. excited. I was, so I <laughs> acted sad. 
yeah, yeah. that's sad. I, I was like, oh, really? But I want to come back. <sighs> but I have this emergency. I, I, I was like trying, I was like buying some time. I was like, I acted sad. I was like, oh, I think I have to go home. And I know that sounds bad, but I should leave today, now, <laughs> immediately. And so, yeah, I got on the flight. And when I got to the flight, on the flight, I was just like, waiting for them to open the door I remember waiting for like this isn't gonna like until we we're in the air I didn't relax yeah. and then so Ameri- and then an American woman came up to me during the meal meal service and was like excuse me can I ask you a question she's like we were all talking because it wasn't a full flight she's like we were all talking in the back of the plane about the I got taken out of line with machine gun people and then led to a room and everyone was like well what did that guy do so they all were like what did you do why did they take you away so I told her the whole story and they were like, oh, that's so crazy. So anyway, yeah. that's how I ended up in Japan. I ended up in Japan. I met Jennifer's supervisor for like, I want to say lunch. And they needed a teacher, who, like a non-jet program teacher. And the guy liked me mm-hmm. and was like, would you want to work for us? And I was like, I guess so. Yeah. So I, that's how I ended up teaching, staying in Japan. That's so my escape, My escape from Korea. But yeah, I'm saying like, Without you lost a degree. all those great clothes. No, I actually met a Canadian lady at an internet cafe in Korea who had a car. And I remembered my way back to the village. Get this. So we, in the middle of the night, we drove to a village in Korea, like in the darkened streets. I knew the paper towel thing. I didn't have yeah. a key to the door. So I like knocked the doorknob. It was, it was, I knocked the doorknob out uh-huh. and um, got in there. We got my luggage. And I remember like, we were like, dragging across the muddy the muddy thing and, and I could hear like why you leave why you leave like so we woke up people they, they like the neighborhood knew that we had come to like get my stuff and we we're like like just go 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 we were like throwing my suitcases and we were like tore out of there and oh my it was God. crazy my apartment again to get make it even more of a nightmare when, when they left me there the first night they said to me leave all the lights on and, and leave the tv volume up really really high because until last week this apartment, like the homeless people in the village, were probably climbing in the windows at night to sleep on the floors here. So as long as they know that someone's, they don't worry. <laughs> like don't worry. As long as you leave the lights on all night and the TV on, they'll know that someone lives here now and they won't climb in the windows to sleep here. So all night long, I was waiting to see hands. Yeah. Like you know, like coming into my windows at night. So yeah. So it was like. I'm oh, so glad you're crazy. writing your memoir because. <laughs> I have so many stories. <laughs> I know so. you do. Oh my gosh. So, so when is your next time back in the States? Cause you know, uh, your friends miss you. Awful. I don't know. I mean, I had a flight booked for last March, you know, that was the last And uh, my mom sold my mom, like packed up my room. And cause my mom was, sell- I was, I don't usually go on for spring vacation, but last year my mom was selling her house. Yeah. And so I was supposed to, I was supposed to pack up my room, but I mean, I can only imagine what she saved and didn't save. You know? I, know. So I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I hope. I was hoping to go back this summer, but without the vaccine in yeah. Japan, yeah, they've been they've been slow rollout. It's been too slow, and there's still the quarantining here and getting back in is, excuse me, is a bit of a gamble yeah, um, to get to get back into Japan. So I don't know. I, I'm hoping. I don't think winter vacation will be possible either. I don't know. Because we Maybe need next to get year? we need to get fluid, Lapori, Yumi. We need I know. We need to go to the Smiling Moose. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. my gosh. That would be fun. I miss Colorado. I don't think that place exists, though, anymore. So, What do you no, mean? I, I think they closed it. Yeah. I think the building's gone, I think, I want to say. I think I Googled that 
in the last couple of years or, or someone told me. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't mentally prepared for that. Thanks. I know. I'm yeah. sorry. It's okay. But Roma's is still going strong. That's all that matters. Really? Yes. Roma's is there. And the owner is the guy who went to school at our time. Really? Yeah. We know like he, he bought it. I, maybe you'd recognize. I can't remember. He was a Sigma Chi. I know that. I don't know. I don't know his name. I, but I, I, I would. I think when I saw his picture that I knew him yeah. from th- those days. But yeah, he's in, yeah. Because my friend John Urbanski was a is a friend of his, and John was a Sigma Chi. He was in Saban Hall. So anyway, yeah. So, uh, is there are there any words of wisdom you want to give like new students or parents about? your collegiate career or anything like that? I think like, as I already pointed out that I'm someone who has had, I don't know if I still have probably no idea what I wanted to do ever. You know, I just stumbled into things from what I've been talking about this entire time, but without a degree, I wouldn't have been able, I have a a, a British friend who was deported, kind of deported two or three years ago here in Japan because she didn't finish her degree. And so she got hired as an English convert, but they got really, really strict. And oh. you can't get it. So even though she had a teaching contract for one year here from a conversation school, they were no longer um, renewing instructor visas to people who don't have degrees. So I have a degree and that's yeah. what, you know, and just having a degree for something like this, if you want, if you want to do something cool and live internationally, you're not going to get hired. With Without even if you, yeah, you, you need it. And so like, I'm, like I said, I don't have a specific, I'm not like a chemical engineer, you know, or a doctor or a veterinarian, you know, I didn't do any of that, that I knew yeah. what I wanted to do. I just kind of just went through, um, I don't know how easy it would be to try. I mean, I, I don't regret all the transferring, you know, the first school was a two-year right. school anyway. Right. So it doesn't count. Delaware right. was the hazing thing. UMass was an in-between. So like, cause I was not going to go to UConn for that, that much money for a semester and right. then, then go to Colorado. So they all had, it wasn't like I kept quitting, you know, it was, there was, I don't ever think you did quit. You just had to find your place. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. So, but it's important. And I think that, um, a lot, of, a lot more doors open up, even if you think it's useless. It's, yeah. I don't think it is. It's not, I mean, unfortunately that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. You need that. You, you need that degree. And even if you have, even if you taught for five years somewhere, as a volunteer or whatever, you're not going to get into a place in Japan. I mean, I'm saying no. specifically for me, you wouldn't get a job that I get like, you know, 16 weeks paid vacation and I have a ton of vacation. Oh, so you're kind and, of, you're grandfathered in then because you've been there for so long. Yeah. The new contracts aren't as good anymore. Like I think people are quite jealous of what I have. Well, I so, love your, yeah. I, I feel like I live vicariously through you when you travel I know, and I miss you it. post all these amazing pictures of Italy and what you eat and Amsterdam. Yes. And I'm just like, Keith has the life, man. Cause you know what? You're living, you're out there, you're gathering experiences. You're going uh, just to, all- I think if Corona teaches anything or COVID teaches anything, I know I have a ton of friends in our age group, my age group, um, who, <laughs> We're waiting, we're waiting to go to Europe. We're waiting to take oh, that trip. No. We're waiting. Yeah. And, and now this last two years, you can't travel anymore. And I think, and I remember hearing American people on my trips that I, I, I go to Europe twice a year normally, Yeah. you know, you, and um, people talking about like, this is their once, in, well, I'm my once in a lifetime trip. I, I remember thinking being not like arrogant about it, but being super, super grateful that, wow, 
like this is for me, this is just spring break. Yeah. In, in yeah. you know, Amst- in, in Bruges, Belgium, you know, or this is just oh. my summer vacation. Like I'm just constantly like taking those life uh, once in a lifetime trips two or three times a year for the last 20, it'd be 20 years that my, I took my first trip to Prague 20 years. It was 2001 was my first time to Europe and it was just freaking magical and amazing. And I've been oh hooked on Europe ever since 20 years ago. Yeah. Today or yeah, this month, this week. So those pictures are going to be fabulous in your memoir. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope so. Thank Do you have you. a title for it? No, gosh, no. We're, I think the whole purpose of the Stanford class is to write the, like write a chapter. So it was a 10 week course. And uh, right now I'm only like the fourth week of writing. So I have six okay. more weeks. Okay. So the goal is to, and I'm the only person who's never written before in my class. I no one believes awesome. me. They don't so believe you've you? Written, well, I think it's too good. But I mean, um, oh gosh, what is, my professor used a really, really like overly um, uproarious. Like my, my writing is uproarious. But did you ever see, do you know Seinfeld? TV show? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So my references are all from. Do you remember the 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 episode where Elaine, they're at they're at the beach house and um, one of their friends had a baby, and the baby's not cute, and oh, Elaine yeah. thinks the baby the baby's really really ugly. So anyway, so Elaine meets a doctor and the doctor says you're breathtaking, and Elaine's like oh, really like Elaine's so happy that he, she called her breathtaking. She'd never been called breathtaking before. Blah 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 blah. And now flash forward, they go to the baby's room and they're like, the baby's super ugly and Jerry and they look at the ugly baby and then the doctor leans in and goes, he's breathtaking. And Elaine's like, <gasps> Elaine's really angry. So, so he basically called this really <laughs> ugly baby breathtaking. So I was really, really, I felt good about my, up- she said my, my writing is so funny. It's uproarious a couple yeah. of times. But then I saw her use it for two other students other, another time. So I was like, oh, it's the breathtaking thing. So I was like, yeah. I felt really, really good about myself. And I'm like, oh, it just means like to her uproarious just means funny. You, you know? know what, though? If, if your <laughs> writing is like how you speak and, in, and how you hope, so I'm trying. with others, it's going to be trying phenomenal. to channel that. It's going to be phenomenal. I hope so. Oh, Thank my you. gosh. Yeah. Well, I miss your faith. I can't believe like you've been there for so long. The last time I saw you, um, the summer before I got married, which was 20 years ago, brought me that beautiful tea set I still have. Um, And um, it's like one one great thing I took out away from. Gosh, your whole family was there. Your whole family I saw in the kitchen. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Yes. It was chaotic. It pretty much. Yeah. But fun in a fun way. It was. My mom was yeah. a typical Jewish mother. Gosh, yeah, you're all, yeah. She was so loving. Yeah, thank you. She loved me. She did. <laughs> she loved me. <laughs> no, it's true. Me. It's true. Anytime I, but you I called, felt it. I felt it. Well, anytime you but, called, she talked yeah. to you. And I'm like standing I know. here, like tapping yes. my foot. And she's like, I'm talking. And I'm like, oh, I see God. in her eyes. Yes, she was great. I love stopping by. Yeah. Because well, your house was near Jen's house. Yeah. 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 Aurora. Aurora, right? Yeah, because she went to Overland and I went to Smoky Hill. Yes, so yes, very. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if that yeah. means anything, but oh, it does to me. I I remember those those names. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, it's cool to talk. Yeah. Absolutely. I think we're over the hour. Sorry. Oh no, please. I mean, we could do this forever because I know. <laughs> I know. It's just our our college experience. I think was just 
so sacred. I'm so glad I went. Yeah. It was just, we had so much fun. So and fun. I mean, That's why I stretched it out. Oh, I did a victory lap too. I had, um, you know, five years at UNC. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, can I tell but, you what I did though? This is probably a bad tip. I took PE classes. Yeah, I think it's a bad. I took PE classes a lot at UNC. So to keep me at full time, (laughs) I would take like four or five. It got my GPA way up too. I have to tell you. So like if I got like an A in uh, mountain biking, an A in skiing, an A in climbing, an A, an A, all of these A's weighted together. So like a one a one credit PE class is going to do much. If you do four or five at once, yeah, with like only nine credits of, of real classes, yeah. like that together would bring up to like a three point five. At the time, genius. I, I don't know if that works still to these if they've caught people doing this anymore. But well, you uh, know what happens now is you cannot take, financial aid will not pay for classes outside of your curriculum. Yeah, I probably ruined that for everyone <laughs> 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 because. Because I got so probably admitting to a crime, but I think the statute of limitations has run out on that. I don't know, but oh my god! Uh, yeah, but I was like, I got like a three point eight one year from like awesome. taking cross country skiing was the worst class ever. Golf, no golf was worse. Yeah, <laughs> I had to write a final exam. Okay, this is the last story. I swear to God, I had to write a final exam for I think it was the cycling class. I forgot about it. I think it was cycling and I had gone to, and it was the last day of school and I was at Tony Roma's, not Tony Roma's, not Roma's, not Tony Roma's, Roma's, Roma's uh-huh. the bazooka, bazooka margaritas. And I had had like two or three bazooka margaritas. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot to write my final exam for my cycling class. I need an A. So I went across campus. Roma's is really far from campus. Yeah, it right? is. It is. So I went, I went drunk i'm wasted now right i went to this guy's i went to this guy's office he wasn't there and i wrote in a really mess of screaming note. i was like cycling's great cycling's fun and i wrote like this is my essay and i left a hand like a drunken like it'd be like drunk texting someone in those days mm-hmm. i basically drunk i did the 1990s version of a drunk text in a letter and left it on his desk and i got an a in that class and months later i ran into him at a bar in Greeley. Uh-huh. And he looked at me, he goes, that was the best essay I've ever received <laughs> ever in all of my years of teaching. And it was like, he loved it. He thought it was the best essay ever. And it was like a drunken scribble that made no sense. And I, I confess, I was like, I've been at Roma's Bazooka Margaritas. Like I wrote, I confessed everything. Bazooka Margaritas. I forgot about the essay. And this is my final essay. And I got an A That's for that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And financial aid, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Student loans. Woo-hoo. Sorry. Oh my I god. Oh my god. I'm I, crying. This has been the right. best. So oh, that was my, my final exam for second. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. I'll stop talking. All right. All right. No, it's okay. So all right. All right. Thank you so much, Keith Jasper. Thank was you. Fun. It was fun.